Welcome to the Daily Roto Podcast on opening day 2015. If you're new to Daily Fantasy and you haven't played Daily Fantasy Baseball, this is going to be something you're going to be all fired up about. And we have on the show Mike Leone. Mike, what's going on? Hey, Tony. I'm really excited for opening day. Baseball is finally back. Uh, ready to get into some tournaments and hopefully win some money. Absolutely. Now, Mike Leone, the founder, the creator of DailyRoto.com with Adam Hummel and Drew Dankmeyer. You know, it's funny because I think I'm a lot like you. And a lot of people that are in the uh, fantasy industry, I believe their first passion is baseball, a good majority of them. And I believe that's the way with you. And you know what? From a daily fantasy perspective, it might be a little tougher with the variants, but I think this is all the sport that we're passionate about. Yeah, it's a fun one to play every single day. It, like you said, when I first got into fantasy sports, it was through fantasy baseball. I became a big fan of sabermetrics when I was majoring math in college, and it, it really just struck a chord with me. Um, that That's definitely my first love. I got started in the industry writing for Fantistics, which is a season-long fantasy baseball website. So I'm right there with you. Fantasy baseball is my first love. It, it also got me kind of my start in the daily fantasy industry, winning some big contests in that arena before I really got into basketball and the other sports. Mike Leone, Tony Cicada, Daily Roto Podcast, of course, also broadcast on the Fantasy Sports Network. The Fantasy Sports Network, 24 hours a day, seven days a week of fantasy sports coverage on TV, cablevision in the New York City area, all the way to West Virginia, Vermont, uh, 86 million homes, uh, out broadcasted worldwide, Canada, 40 million homes. It's absolutely happening. If you're not there, you either have to move or complain to your cable company. And when we come back... I'm going to uh, tell you right away what the first thing you need to do every day from now on after you listen to the Daily Roto podcast. I'm going to tell you the first thing to do in Daily Fantasy Baseball. I think Mike will agree. He's sitting there. He's trying to figure out where I'm going with this. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for the Daily Roto podcast. Tony Cicada, Mike Leone, right back with the Daily Roto Podcast. Mike, the first thing you need to do when you wake up in the morning is check the weather, right? Is that what you got to do when you first thing you get up in the morning? Yeah, you want to know which games may or may not have rain issues throughout the day, and wind can play a huge factor. We, we see that in the summer when the wind's blowing out in Wrigley. It affects the run total of the town. You definitely want to get hitters in those types of games. So it's great to get a good grasp of the weather right away just so you know what you're dealing with. Today, opening day, we have no concerns about weather in any games. But, Mike, possibly some wind advantage in the Boston Red Sox-Philadelphia uh, game. Looks like 15 miles an hour. The Mets watched in Nationals of uh, 14 miles an hour. And the White Sox-Royals, 16 miles an hour in those games. But it's always tough to tell how those mile an hour will affect these games. Uh, Texas Rangers, Oakland also have a strong win tonight at 17 miles per hour. Yeah, first off, it's really nice to have an opening day where we don't have to worry about rain. Uh, that's that, that's gonna sometimes that can take the enjoyment 
out of it when you, especially if it's a game that you're trying to target and you're not sure what to do. So it, it's really nice to not have to deal with that. The game I'm looking at is the first one you mentioned as far as wind goes, and that's the Red Sox at Phillies. We we actually hired a meteorologist, Mark Paquette, this year to, to give us some forecasts for each game, and this is kind of the one he targeted. Maybe maybe not affecting your cash games all that much, but I look to stack this game at one of my multi-entry tournament teams just in case it gets crazy. It's starting out at about 15 to 20 mile per hour winds, but you can see gusts up to 25, and it's blowing out straight to center field. The air density is also favorable to hitters with, with mild temperatures near 70 to start. So that's definitely the one that I think is most impacted by weather on the day. Mark Parkett, you can get that weather forecast at dailyroto.com each and every day during the baseball season. Now, one of the things you're also going to do when you get up in the morning is you're going to check out the run totals uh, in the games. We have... Uh, Four games, the total under six and a half today. Kershaw and Seals have the lowest total. L.A. and San Diego is six. Then you have Tehran and Alvarez at six and a half. Lariano, Cueto, six and a half. And Weaver and Felix Hernandez, six and a half tonight. Uh, of course, the game with the highest total involves the Milwaukee Brewers-Colorado Rockies. That's featuring an eight and a half. So when I look at the pitchers, today's a day where it's hard to say, you should go with this guy over this guy over this guy because anytime you have Clayton Kershaw, Felix Hernandez, Max Scherzer pitching, you know, there's a lot of ways to be right. But I looked at the uh, overnight, I was doing my research, and Max Scherzer is the biggest favorite on the board. But in actuality, the Mets don't strike out as much as you would think against right-handed pitching. They're actually 20th in Major League Baseball in K-rates versus right-handed pitching, 18th in weighted on-base average. So not a big, big uh, favor for Scherzer there on paper, but he is the biggest favor of the day in Las Vegas. Yeah, with Scherzer, he's consistently one of the highest strikeout rates in the league, Twenty-nine, or right around 28 to 29% three consecutive seasons. Now he's moving to the National League where he gets that pitcher spot. So between reduced competition and that pitcher spot, we could see it even up to 30 this year. So I, I like him a lot, even though the Mets don't strike out a whole ton. This lineup doesn't exactly scare me. Probably the biggest threat in this lineup is Lucas Duda. But then you've got some kind of declining older players and David Wright and Curtis Granderson and just one other solid hitter with the platoon engine, Daniel Murphy. So Scherzer's definitely got a target if you need that cap room coming down from Kershaw. My initial thoughts was that Kershaw would be more of a tournament option on opening day just because of that huge price tag and so many other options. But when we were running our stuff, preparing for the initial Daily Fantasy rundown, I actually still have quite a gap between him and Scherzer just because as improved as that San Diego lineup is against left-handed pitching with Will Myers, Matt Kemp, Justin Upton in town, all these guys strike out a ton. They all strike out more than 20% of the time. I'll project to do that this year against left-handed pitching. So even removing Kershaw from the formula, you've got the team that probably is around the second highest projected strikeout percentage on the day simply because they're facing left-handed pitching and, and based on the guys in their lineup. So don't rule Kershaw out of cash games, especially on FanDuel, where it's the one starting pitcher site, and it's also a little bit easier to find some punt speed options at middle infield. 
Well, it's interesting. You said the second uh, best K. I think the first has to be a team that's on the rise. Corey Kluber gets to face the Houston Astros, who lost to led Major League Baseball with a 24% uh, strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. And in the offseason, they had three more guys that strike out, Evan Gaddis, Louis <laughs> Valbuner, and Colby Rasmus. So uh, Corey Kluber save you a little bit of money, not that much, coming off a big year. He's in set up for a nice uh, a game. I think he'll be featured in a lot of tournament lineups. Yeah, these are definitely the top three starting pitchers, and on DraftKings, Cooper might actually be the highest owned of the three because it's a two starting pitcher setup. So there's a little bit room for error where you don't necessarily have to go out and get the top guy. That that cap relief he offers is just really nice on DraftKings. The price is a little bit stricter there. He's he's in play on all sides, but particularly appealing on a multi-starting pitcher site where he's meaningfully cheaper than both Kershaw and Scherzer. In cash games across the industry, uh, I'll be hard-pressed to not have one of these three guys in my lineups. Speaking of Mike Leone, DailyRoto.com, the fantasy rundown. Him and Drew Dickmeyer give out the best premium information on the planet Earth. I don't know about the other planets, but I'm going to work on that, and I'll get you guys that information. <laughs> Uh, Mike, at DraftKings today, I got two tournament lineups, and I put them together, and I'm actually going to use Max Scherzer, and I'm going to use Corey Kluber in the same lineup and spend the money at pitcher in the tournaments. I think there's enough younger guys that are cheap that I'll be able to compete on a day when I don't expect a lot of run totals. What's your philosophy in two-pitcher leagues going into today? Well, that makes sense because strikeouts are king. I mean, they are huge. That's where the points are. That's where the consistency is. And that's why it's worth paying up for a starting pitcher in a tournament. A lot of people would think in a tournament, okay, go cheap and load up on hitters, which can work, but there's, there's just, the upside is just capped with the starting pitcher. For example, Henderson Alvarez is really cheap, and he's pretty safe in a, in a game at home against really bad Atlanta offense. Like you said, that was one of the top four games in terms of lowest run total. But he doesn't strike people out. He's a really low K rate, and, and it just caps his ceiling. So even if he goes seven innings, two earned runs, which is an optimistic forecast, but even if he does that and only strikes out four to five, he's going to fall way behind a lineup that has Scherzer and Kluber where both guys can strike out 10-plus it's really hard to make up that gap in hitting, even if you're spending a ton of extra money on it. But that said, the mid-tier option I like, yes, what's up, Tony? That, that, that was where I was going next. Who would be the mid-tier option? We talked about a lot of big names. I liked a guy earlier in the week that I don't like, and we can get to him in a second. I'm hoping you don't confirm it was him. <laughs> the guy I like is Chris Archer. Uh, he, he sprung up in our model quite a bit when you consider he's at home. He's a young pitcher who's developing. I think he'll see some regression in his home run to fly ball rate, but I'm hoping that cancels out with some skills improvement this season. The Orioles are are one of the, the worst teams on the day in terms of overall weighted on base average projection versus right-handed pitching. And then the big factor, the kind of the X factor in this, is that Chris Davis is still suspended for a game. and That's their best hitter against right-handed pitching. It's a ton of pop. An early look, I'm not exactly sure what the lineup's going to be, but it looks like Dalman Young might be indirectly be the replacement there. And that's a huge increase in advantage for Archer when you go from a power-hitting lefty versus a guy who's 
awful against right-handed pitching. So he's the guy I like best as a mid-tier. I would even consider him in cash games. I would strongly consider him in cash games uh, on multi-starting pitcher sites. Speaking of Mike Leone of uh, the DailyRoto.com, Mike, I like Drew Hutchinson a little earlier in the week because I was looking at this Yankees lineup, and I think it's like a it's not good at all. And yet I look at Hutchinson's numbers uh, more closely, and he has power giving uh, he has problems giving up to power left-handed bats. And Jacoby Ellsbury, Brett Gardner, Brian McCann, just some of the names that could give him uh, problems today in the park, that which is number one for hitting home runs last year in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and it's one of those things, opening day is weird. There's so many aces throwing so many guys in good matchups that it's hard to take that risk in a cash game. Like you said, the numbers against left-handed batters have been terrible. And we even recommend taking one or two left-handed batters in your cash or tournament games from the Yankees. The one thing we've got with Hutchison is, is this is a guy that is expected to improve this season and can strike people out. So I think he's a really good tournament play in a tough environment. But if, if you're going with K potential and the potential for a young pitcher to improve and get better, a lot of people's breakout lesson, you know, Sarah and Fangraphs loves him. Uh, Paul Sporer, who does a great starting pitching guide for 2015, he's got him pretty high up. So I think it's an excellent tournament option, but it's an unnecessary risk in cash games. One pitcher we didn't discuss before we move on to the offense. Uh, He has a confusing matchup today, but he's one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball, of course, starting on opening day. Detroit Tigers' David Price faces the Minnesota Twins, who were the eighth worst in strikeout percentage against left-handed pitching in 2015, but they were the ninth best in Major League Baseball and weighted on base average facing left-handed bats. So a team that strikes out a lot but did get some things done faces David Price today. Yeah, Price is, I think, tied with Scherzer, or at least second to Scherzer, in terms of uh, most heavily favored pitcher on the day. And he's a really safe option. He pitches so many innings uh, day in and day out that you're you're getting a really high floor on numbers. When you talk about a guy who can strike out nearly a batter in an inning, he did more more than a batter in an inning last season. And it's throwing you almost seven innings every time out, one of the highest probabilities to get a complete game. Really safe option, but with some of the matchup notes that you mentioned, I have him and Felix falling just just behind our top three starting pitchers on the day, and I'd rather go with Scherzer, Kluber, Kershaw if I'm paying up. All right, Mike, I'm going to ask you a tough question here. I get two of them here. So do you ever sit back, watch a game, watch lineups come up, and say, why am I not a manager in Major League Baseball? Because I know more than that guy in the dugout. Uh, I don't. There's sometimes I think that I'm, I think that <laughs> in all sports. <laughs> well, today's the day where I feel like I, I know more than a guy that's been pretty successful. John Farrell, Boston Red Sox manager, has decided that he will play David Ortiz at first base today and sit Mike Napoli because there's no DH in Philadelphia and he wants to get Ortiz in the lineup. I don't know why you can't wait to game two since you have one of the most dominant left-handed pitchers in Major League Baseball with Cole Hamels. So John Farrell will use Napoli this series. David Ortiz won't play every game, 
But because it's opening day, he feels like he's going to put Ortiz in there against one of the top left-handed pitchers. I thought in baseball it wasn't about stroking people's egos. It was about winning games. Yeah, and this is definitely a sentimental move. Most projection systems will have Mike Napoli as the better offensive option versus left-handed pitching. And even if it's close when you factor in defensive ability, it's really not the most competitive move for the Red Sox to make. I understand they want to get Ortiz in the lineup for sentimental reasons, but I would like this Red Sox stack lineup a little bit more if Napoli was in there than Ortiz. But even though it's left on left instead of left on right, I don't think it's an insane drop-off in offense. If you look at Ortiz's numbers the past three years, his way down base average has been really high against left-handed pitching. Uh, not the move I would make, but purely from an offensive standpoint, I don't think the drop-off is dramatic. See, it's so funny you say that because a lot of times, back when Robinson Cano was in his heyday, right, and people would tell me, well, Robinson Cano hits three eleven against lefties, and I would say, well, first of all, yeah, I have the whole league to choose from. Second of all, Cole Hamels isn't your average lefty. Yeah, that that's a good point, but I still think that Ortiz's skill level is at a point where it's not an insane drop-off. I know where you're getting that. Yes, a guy like Cano or Ortiz is beating up on crappy lefties out of the bullpen. It's different than... Yeah if they're taking it to starting southpaws who have a dominant platoon edge. So I'm going to ask you a question here. One of the things we talk about when we talk about fantasy baseball is batter-verse pitchers. So I have some elite players with some elite numbers, and I'm going to ask you which guy you're interested in playing in and for what reason. Miguel Cabrera has five lifetime home runs against Phil Hughes, 16 for 31 lifetime, 516 average in his career. Now, a lot of those home runs were hit in Yankee Stadium as opposed uh, to Minnesota. Evan Longoria, 13 for 33 lifetime against Chris Dillman. Five out of those 13 hits were home runs. And then we drop down. This was one you got to pay attention to. Seattle's Jesus Montero has four lifetime home runs off Angel starter Jared Weaver. Mike Trout hitting 367 lifetime against King Felix in 49 at-bats and two home runs. And Johnny Cueto has allowed four home runs to Andrew McCutcheon in 59 lifetime at-bats at a two eighty eight average. And rounding it out, Buster Posey, 11 for 18 against Josh Kalmenta, three home runs. Now, would you be playing any of these guys, and what would be the reason? So the guys I'm most likely to use out of the ones you mentioned are Evan Longoria, because I think there's a cluster for the top third baseman. And even though it's a right-on-right, Chris Tillman actually is pretty homer-prone to same-handed batters. And Posey is absolutely in the consideration because it's a catcher position where I think there's limited options, probably looking at him or dropping down to a McCann or a John Jaso. Josh Kalmenter is one of the worst starting pitchers in the league. It's a huge park shift for Posey. So give me some of that. And Miguel Cabrera is a tournament option I mean, Hughes had his homer problems. He'll still have some of his homer problems. And when he did have those homer problems, it certainly wasn't specific just to guys with the platoon edge. It was same-handed batters as well, even sometimes more so uh, in some seasons. 
But he's been a different pitcher since he's been with Minnesota, and Cabrera is so expensive that I'm not forcing him in the lineup because of those numbers. And and in general, the way Drew and I look at batter versus pitcher data is the sample sizes aren't that great. Uh, The data can be skewed, especially if you're looking at batting average. The one time we'll use it is if it's an extreme case where we've got a decent sample size in a recent period of time, and we want to look at plate discipline statistics and power numbers. Those are the most foreshadowing numbers. We don't want to necessarily look at straight batting average because a guy could be hitting 333 off one guy, but you take away two or three bloop singles, and all of a sudden he's hitting 270 against him, and no one would even notice he has good batter versus pitcher data. So the term stacking for all people uh, that are new to daily fantasy baseball is when you see a game with a high total and you take four batters from that lineup or whatever the site allows you that you play on to play, and you take predominantly from that team, and you go in the lineup. And today we talked about the Colorado-Milwaukee game. Uh, in Milwaukee, Scooter Jeanette's going to hit seventh in the lineup today. But in 2014, he had the third best waiting on base average versus right-handed pitching at 361. And Jonathan LaCroix led the Brewers at 369. Carlos Gomez at 368. I feel like with Gomez hitting leadoff today, he sets up as my top offensive player of the day. What's your feelings on Scooter Jeanette LaCroix, who's batting in the two-hole uh, today in Carlos Gomez? Yeah, this is certainly going to be the most popular team to stack, and for good reason. They, they're at home in a nice park environment against by far the worst opening day starter in Kyle Kendrick. Uh, we, we really don't have it close. Even some of the the lower-end starting pitcher options, just Giovanni Gallardo, Chris Tillman, we still have a huge gap between those guys and Kyle Kendrick in terms of skill level. So it makes a lot of sense to stack Milwaukee. The main guy I'm looking at there is actually Adam Lind because he crushes right-handed pitching. He's hitting fifth in that lineup, a lot of RBI opportunities, and the price is just so favorable at first base. We we really have him as a top 10 overall offensive option on the day. So when you factor in price, he lines up as the best value. Jeanette has been really, really solid against right-handed pitching, so it's a little bit disappointing to see him hit seventh. And with that said, I think he becomes an option just for tournaments. We really want to focus on guys that are top five, top six in the lineup. Once you get past there, you see uh, a palpable drop-off in terms of uh, FanDuel, DraftKings, fantasy points per lineup spot, however you want to calculate it. So, and, and, and with, yeah, Jeanette dropping down, with Jeanette dropping down to seventh, Chris Davis has actually moved up to sixth. And I think that's an interesting guy who may go overlooked here. He's got huge power potential. We usually use him against lefties. But now that he's top six in the lineup, I'd be willing to use him as a cap relief option in cash games. Yeah, Adam Lynn's price is only $2,800 at first base at FanDuel, $4,100 at DraftKings. Chris Davis is only $2,800 also at FanDuel. So it'll give you guys a nice option there. Well, in that same game, I think there'll be people – uh, going with Colorado, but what's interesting here 
is Kyle Loesch has actually done a pretty good job against left-handed hitters. Uh, they hit 248 against him last year, 318 weighted on base average, and Cago is hitting second in the lineup today. Uh, Blackman will lead off, Cago will hit second, Tulowitzki will hit a third, and Justin Morneau fourth. They're going three out of four lefties at the top of that lineup. Yeah, Loesch is a guy that is frustrating because the results seem to be better than the process and also the perception around him. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but just doesn't walk anyone, and it, he seems to have this innate ability to consistently have a better ERA than what his expected ERAs would indicate. With that said, when you when you compare him to the other starting pitcher options, it's just still one of the best offensive matchups, and, and Cargo's price is down a little bit due to the poor season he had last year and, and the health issues. 3900 on FanDuel is a pretty attractive price for someone of his skill level if you can't quite get up to the expensive Brewers, Outfielders, and, and Braun, and Carlos Gomez. What's your thoughts on some of the other cheaper guys in the industry today and guys you'll be looking at? I, I look at it today, and you know I try to go with Max Scherzer. I, I'm going to have to go uh, cheap in some instances, and a lot of these guys that are cheap are batting down in the order. So anyone with your expectations that could bat – uh, higher in the order. We're going to see guys like Dalton Pompey. Not quite sure where he'll fit in in that uh, lineup. We could see uh, Burns get an opportunity in Oakland. Meeker Johnson's going to hit down in the lineup. So a lot of these guys, and especially the speed guys, uh, are batting down in the batting order. Right, and you said it, though, with the speed guys. What we're targeting opening day is cheap speed because that lets us get in offensive upside without really paying for it and still giving us the cap relief to pay those top starting pitchers. So uh, a guy like Eric Young, who may lead off for the, for Atlanta, Jace Peterson is minimum price on FanDuel at shortstop. That's a really nice option. He could hit second for Atlanta. And, and then some of the guys you mentioned, Billy Burns, uh, there, there's a chance he hits lead off. We're not sure if he does. Uh, that's an excellent pump play. You're talking huge speed. If he gets on base, he could steal twice. He only really needs to steal once to, to be worth utilizing. So, in general, once the lineups come out, I would look for cheap speed wherever you can find it. And those are kind of going to be your punt options and surround those with some of the good hitting environments we talked about, like the Brewers, and then uh, pay up for starting pitching. Mike, where can people that are out there listening that have never played daily fantasy baseball uh, go and get lineup information to see if their guys are playing? Yeah, baseballpress.com is a really good free site. Uh, on Daily Roto, we're, we're hoping to add a tool where we have our own lineups page. We'll look for that sometime this month. I'm not sure when it will be released, but we're excited about building that. But ba- baseballpress.com is a good one. And also following teams, beat writers on Twitter is always uh, a quick way to information. Now, Mike, uh, big day in the industry. Lots of tournaments everywhere. Uh, on opening day. So when you're new to the Daily Fantasy Baseball, uh, you got to be careful that you don't go and uh, blow everything today on opening day. Don't get too excited because there are a lot of tournaments today, but there are a lot of tournaments every day in Daily Fantasy Baseball. Absolutely, and we saw that last year with uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. You had huge tournaments every day. Uh, Fantasy Aces announced uh, a great 
a live event that they're going to be running this year. We're going to see multiple live events from FanDuel. I believe they already announced the Playboy Mansion one, and I expect them to announce one for Las Vegas. So just keep in mind, it's a long season. There's going to be a lot of opportunities at big prizes, big contests. Uh, so don't blow, don't blow your money on one day, given the variance in baseball. Uh, there, there will be plenty of chances for you to, to make a big buck throughout the season. Great stuff from Mike Leone, DailyRoto.com. Uh, I'll be on SiriusXM from 9 to 11 today with Nano DeFino. We'll be talking daily fantasy baseball uh, the rest of the year from the 10 to 11 hour on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. And we're hoping that Mike Leone is going to join us today at 10.30. Yeah, it'll either be me or Drew Dinkmeyer. It'll be one of the two that'll be uh, showing up. You'll have to tune in for the mystery guest. Maybe all of a sudden, like, Chris Pacheco sneaks in. <laughs> the numbers guy will throw them at you. <laughs> Guys, we're here every day, Monday through Friday. If it's your first day, listen to the uh, podcast at DailyRoto.com. Make sure you go and check out all the great articles there. Mike, uh, I, I was there at the Fantasy Aces Championship this weekend and got rave reviews for Daily Roto. People were talking about all the great articles they got there. Uh, what do we got going on over Daily Roto today? Yeah, we, Drew Dinkmar and I, we've released our premium content for the day already, which has our daily analysis and our cheat sheets. It's also got meteorologist Mark Pockett's weather forecast. That's going to come with lineup alerts throughout the day. But if you're a new player just starting out, we've got a, a huge opening day thread in our forum where you can get advice from people and get your feet wet if you're not yet ready to commit to a premium package. And Chris Kay started his first in a series he's going to be doing all season long where he kind of looked at the week in the review uh, the week ahead, and he, he did an excellent job setting up this week looking at some guys who stuck out to him based on spring training, uh, based on injuries and lineups where value may pop up. So that, that's a great free article we have as well, and you can find that on our homepage. Yeah, I read it. We had Chris K on Friday night. Uh, you guys absolutely love that podcast. This guy's uh, definitely one of the guys you need to follow in the daily fantasy industry. Mike Leone, Tony Sincotta, we're getting out of here. Hope you have a successful day. Daily Fantasy Baseball 2015, we're underway.